This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader challenges us to take time to reflect on our own life, find our strengths, and set goals to accomplish our dreams. She is an expert in helping you to unleash your own potential. These simple techniques are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Toyenda Smith is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 26 starts now. Welcome to the program, Toyenda. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Girl JMTDNA in the house. That's right. <laughs> Listen, that was the best adult decision that I made joining the John Maxwell team. Unbelievable experience. I think I love this because we can share this and talk about this with uh, you know, our listeners, John Maxwell yeah. team, JMT is how we're all known. And the DNA is just how we evolve through life. It's true. true. It, it's so true. And again, um, oh, it's so much with that, but I have truly evolved as a leader, uh, as a woman, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, and even as an athletic coach. Uh, the John Maxwell program is phenomenal, but you got to do the work. You got to do know, the work. The caveat there, you have to do the work. Just like anything else. Well, I want to thank you for coming on my program, the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, special 50 guests that have influenced my life. And you are such an inspiration to me because as I started into my John Maxwell journey, I connected with you on Facebook through our Indiana John Maxwell page. And I thought, wow, you are just blossoming and I can't wait to see where you go next. Partly, we were in Indiana and I thought, well, you're on the team page and you went to Purdue and you have all these accolades, but yet you're in South Carolina. So it was like, wait a minute, I got to find out more about you because that's pretty cool. Um, but but we, I want to talk to our audience a little bit about your journey um, through this. But man, it has been so neat to watch you now finish and, and start promoting your book that you wrote. And so I really want to connect the listeners to why you have taken this change in this journey. So thanks for coming on here and and helping us understand more about this. Absolutely. Uh, You mentioned, you know, me being from Indiana, and that's true. I'm actually from Gary, Indiana, born and raised in Gary, Indiana, Uh, left high school and uh, started at Purdue University, just a short 85 miles away from home. And um, just had the opportunity to go to Purdue as just a normal student. Uh, And then because of my experience as an athlete back home in Cary on the track and field team, as a discus thrower, the Purdue women's head coach called me and invited me to walk onto the team. And that really was the first step in me unleashing potential. The track and field coach saw me throw back home in Gary. I wasn't good enough in terms of the qualifications for a scholarship. However, he saw the potential in the making of a Big Ten champion. And at the end of the day, I walked on that team I did the work because that's what we have to do. And then I walked off a national champion and specifically in an event that I had to learn at Purdue. Wow. So I, yeah, I didn't win the, the national championship in the discus throw. I won it in what's called the 20 pound weight throw, mm-hmm. but the beginning of potential being unleashed, which is the name of the book, the handbook to unleash your potential yep. using six practical steps. I know that that 
prompted me along with some other things that we can get into uh, to really start to think about potential. What does potential mean? How do you unleash it? Uh, So graduated from Purdue. I worked at Purdue for 14 years and uh, different leadership capacities. And towards the end of my tenure there, I started to feel like I could do more. I I could be more. I could have more. I could do more. I could impact more people. And I decided that I was going to walk away from Purdue and start a a leadership consulting company. And what I did was I got on to the Internet and I wanted to know what was trending in leadership. And John Maxwell appeared (laughs) and I started to dig, you know, take a deeper dive there and learn that the John Maxwell team, that program was in existence. And so I went for it. Now, a year after I started the consulting company, I became divorced or really separated from my husband. Mm-hmm. And this is what led me to South Carolina. I decided that even from that divorce that I wanted to just rebrand myself and start over, try to grow my consulting company in a new state. Mm -hmm. And from that, I did some reflecting. So now this is where the book was born. Wow. I left home and I got to South Carolina and within three months I had reflected over what caused me to be a champion when I was at the collegiate level Mm -hmm. because I wasn't feeling very champion-like. I was feeling like a failure. Uh, Being divorced again, right? That was the second divorce for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't feeling champion-like. And so from those questions and from that reflection, I had to develop a new question of how did you become a champion in the first place? And that's where I came up with those six reasons. Mm-hmm. And I call them now the six practical steps. And so that's so really what prompted perfect. the book. Well, in this book, you can follow anybody, you know, even if you haven't played sports, even if you're, you know, haven't gone through the things that you've gone through. This right. is so relatable. Like, <laughs> you know, when we talk about unleashing your potential and it's kind of like oh that's a catchy phrase but it's like when you understand your journey and everybody has a story and when you get to that point where you say are there things in my life that I have control over that I need to just reflect on and reassess right and find in my inner strength to be able to say how do I redo this you've talked about rebranding yourself that is huge but people I've had some some people come on and talk about how they help brand people, right? And their <laughs> books and their and their priorities. And so this is just goes right in line with continuing to help people to understand it is about your story. It is That's about right. helping you encourage and empower, you know, your strengths to be able to use that to communicate, right? To others and encourage. Um, Absolutely. And so when you talk about you know, how do you, how would you define the word potential? Potential, right. In the book, I talk about it as something very innovative on the cusp of being made manifest. So if I look back at my collegiate experience, I basically started from the ground up, especially learning a new event. But the coaches saw that I had some raw talent mm-hmm. and because I was able to hone in on those skills, right? So was able to to learn how to lift weights properly, uh, learn how to, uh, I would say, manage the technique or perfect the technique. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect, but I perfected it enough to be the best at it. So I define it as something innovative on the cusp of being made manifest. So when you started right? that, let me ask you. So when you started that, how scary did you think about, did you see yourself, right? Did you see yourself as I want to, I'm practicing this, even though I don't know yet, how far I can go. How did, did you see yourself as that champion? I did. And it's funny that you say that, uh, the first year that I was able to participate on the track and field team, 
And I, I guess I'll share this. When I arrived at Purdue as just a normal student, uh, my SAT scores were not um, I didn't qualify to be an athlete at that time. My high school GPA got me into Purdue, but my SAT scores were not um, up to standard. And in order for me to be on the track and field team, I had to basically, after going through the NCAA clearinghouse, I had to sit out a full year, which meant that I couldn't, I wasn't officially on the team uh, but I was gonna, going to work my way to being on the team. So I had to train by myself. I had to lift weights by myself. I really had to learn how to be an, an athlete without having that type of support. Wow. And then the following year, when I was able to be coached by the throws coach and I was able to be a part of the team, um, I had an opportunity to compete at the big 10 championship outdoors for discus throw and the coaches weren't even going to take me <laughs> they it was four other girls that were throwing they were recruited athletes so mm -hmm. yes i go with my recruited athlete versus the walk-on <laughs> yeah. and i had to share with them listen i said i my my stats are going up every meet i'm i'm throwing further and the coach slept on it and he came back to me and he said, okay, we'll take you. So they take me to this meet. I am ranked number 12 in the meet. I get into the first round of competition and I lead the competition wow. all the way until the final throw. And then the senior who was seated to win she won and mm. i placed in second place mm. so again coming in at 12th place you know you you know that there's something pioneering on the cusp of being made manifest but it's not quite displayed to the world mm -hmm. and when i had the opportunity to bring it into manifestation i was able to do that so I look back at those experiences, and now as a consultant, I say, yes, mm -hmm. I can help people to unleash their potential. Um, I have this initiative called the Champion Influence Initiatives, and that's a conference. It's a leadership conference, so it's the uh, Conference on Leadership, Team Engagement, and Inclusion, and then I have um, a training camp and that's for professional women who really want to build confidence and be positioned to advance and then I have a coaching certification program but champion influence means that we're creating winning effects and I believe that through my experiences both professional and personal that I've really built this platform to help to create champions. Mm -hmm. And it's so clear to you because you have defined what your journey has done for your life. It has yeah. really defined, right? That's where you're going next. And this quote that you have, I love my Angelo. Um, and it says in here, uh, one isn't necessarily born with courage, but one is born with potential. And as you lead us just right through that story, you know, the amazement is how many times you were by yourself and you had to make the decision that this is something that was important to you and not just I'm a part of the team. I'm in the locker room. I'm, you know, doing all the team activities. You succeeded at a level because you in your mind, this mindset decided this is what I want. This is what I'm going to achieve. Absolutely. And it was important for me to be a contributing member of the team. Mm -hmm. So to just be on the team was not good enough for me. I wanted to contribute in some way if I could score a couple points because track and field is an individual sport with team contributions. Mm -hmm. And in order for the team to rise to excellence, the individual has to rise to excellence. So it was important for me to be able to add value there. I can use that term now. I didn't realize that term 
back then, but I, I wanted to add value to the team, to my position on the team and, and in, be an encourager. I was voted team captain twice. I, you know, that wasn't my intent. I just wanted for our team to win. Mm-hmm. And eventually we did do that in 1999. Our team won the outdoor conference championship. That's amazing. And and so what's important about this journey for you is when you teach these leadership classes, mm-hmm. you can really understand for people, you know, it's always about connecting to people that haven't gone on a journey and they're looking to fulfill something. They're stuck. They don't feel like they have power in their voice. They need to do experience something different and they don't know that first step to take. And yes. so this, I, I love the theme, you know, unleashing your potential because don't we all feel like we're caged in and we have all these emotions and all these ideas and dreams and thoughts. How do we get there? And, and so you've got a whole plan to get somebody from point A to their dream. That's correct. But Melanie, it's important that we do the work. Yes. And that's the concerning part to life, right? That's that's the concern in life. We know what we should be doing. We we go to conferences and we're sponges, right? We go to talks and we go to trainings and we are there as a sponge, but we've got to get to the place in our lives where we are wringing out the sponge. Mm-hmm. Well, let me talk we're- to you about this. So in chapter two of your book, I love this because I teach the 15 laws of growth, the 15 yes. invaluable laws of growth. John Maxwell, you go to the conference, you be you become certified and you're sitting in there and he <laughs> challenges you and he says, if you do anything else, do this. Read the 15 invaluable laws of growth, start a mastermind, get people, like-minded people together and go through this book chapter by chapter. And it gives you an initiative. And I'll tell you, that book changed my life and everyone that I've taken through that class. But you talk about the big, you know, the big kind of aha that people Mm -hmm. realize is chapter two, fear, Mm -hmm. fear not. Right? That's right. That's right. Fear not. Go through it, but don't fear it. Understand that fear is the energy and the fuel to get you to that potential. And what what you, you know, you've kind of tapped on it, and I love this, and so I, I want to talk about it. But, you know, um, fear is a barrier, right? And it, it can paralyze you. Yes. And and it did paral- it paralyzed me when it came to me scaling my business. So unleashing potential, more potential in my business, because in my consulting business, I started off, first off, I became certified and I said, my lane will be speaking and training. Mm -hmm. So I totally canceled out coaching. I stuck my heels in the ground and said, I am not coaching because I don't have the time. (laughs) And fear paralyzed me from starting a coaching certification program Mm -hmm. because I honestly did not believe people would value what I brought to the table. Mm -hmm. Now, I cannot recall anything in my childhood because a lot of these fears start at our childhood Mm -hmm. but I could not think of where this fear came from but I know that even at 42 I had it and I had to move I had to remove that from my mindset and say Toyenda you have value to offer you have training you have education you have mentors who are doing this you to can unleash your potential in this domain. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do little things. Because anytime we're building confidence, uh, talk about the self-efficacy in my book as well, but anytime you're building confidence, you got to have small wins. Mm-hmm. So people would ask me for um, coaching, and I began to say yes. And I would do a little here and 
stay consistent there, we would have small winds. Mm -hmm. And then they turned into medium winds, and then they turned into large winds. And then, because I'm a woman of faith, I pray and I ask God for direction. He gave me a download to start the Champion Influence Initiative. And up under that initiative is the coaching certification program. But it took me a year to get through the fear to launch it. And that's where I'm at now. I'm in my launching point. Mm -hmm. But I honestly let fear stop me for an entire year, Melanie. Mm -hmm. And it's It's true. Well, and it's because what we believe, like you just said, where did this come from? Where did this idea that Mm -hmm. you weren't able to achieve or you weren't ready for this, where did that come from? And so we learned through our certification program, which is, I think, probably the most important thing that I've ever done in my life, but Mm -hmm. but to connect you to your story, to have you understand where those fears came from that made you believe what you believe, and then get you to understand your potential of changing that belief, that then that unleashes everything. (laughs) That just turns you into a different person that then begins to add value to everyone and everything you do. It does. And what's interesting about that is uh, I just finished a book tour um, back home. So I did uh, three in Indiana and one in Illinois. And at each tour, I did speak and I asked the attendees on a scale of one to 10, how much control do you have over your life? Mm-hmm. And they yelled out numbers and I said, okay, you know, fine, fine. When we're at, when we're between eight and 10, that's where the unleashing happens. Like really we're at, we're at potential. We're coming out of our comfort zone. We're getting over there to learning and at capacity and the word no will allow you to get over to eight Mm -hmm. and to get up to (laughs) 10 if we say no to things that we should not be doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that talks about that goes right into sacrifice you know Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to disseminate like what is important to where i need to go Right. That's right. It's very important. Um, I have several talents. Melanie, I own a balloon company and I'm working with everything in me to really get that figured out. I don't want to use the term or the phrase it's in the way, <laughs> but I'm going to use it. It's, it's in the way. I, there are other Things that I can be focused on in terms of this consulting, in terms of unleashing potential, in terms of champion influence. And I have to stop what I'm doing to go in and answer phone calls and respond to messages uh, connected to the balloon business. And so that's an area that I really need to put on my stop doing list. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, I, I, you know, that's my baby. I've had it for 18 years now. And I need to find someone with just as much passion and drive as I have um, in order to kind of manage and lead that space. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk to you. You said something that kind of spurred me on to make me think about this because you, you know, when we talk about leadership and influence and and reaching potential, uh, it's all about this mentorship too. How we mm-hmm. how we believe. So your balloon company, right? It's been yours for eighteen years, and now it's finding the person or the or the people that you yes. can lift into the organization, so that you can kind of walk away and do all these other things that you're being pulled into. Yes. Um, and I and I followed you for a while, and so I see you know the people that you are mentoring. Um, in this leadership, you know, as they connect to you, like, what does that look like for somebody that's never been a mentor to someone? If I understand your question correctly, you're asking me what what is my experience mentoring others? Yeah, and because some people say, well, I don't know that I, 
I, you know, like the parameters of, is there like a, a checklist? You know, you have to do this, this and this to be a mentor and, and, I, and you do it for a lot of people. So I think to encourage and inspire people, like you can do it from anywhere, right? It's what inspires you. But how does that look for you? Cause you're all over the country doing all these talks and, you know, pe- yes. people want to connect to you. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to kind of explain or, or help people understand what that mentorship looks like for you. Absolutely. I, it's important for me to start off with relationship building. I don't always commit right when someone says, oh my goodness, you would be, you know, a great mentor for me. I really want to learn under you. I don't commit immediately, but what I say is let's just, let's have some conversations. Let's, let me understand where you're trying to go to see if I'm really a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Uh, Understanding my personality and understanding their personality and how our personalities uh, can potentially uh, complement each other so that they can get to their goals. But it really starts for me with relationship building, which takes time. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a lot of time. My schedule is tightly packed, but I create time for the right individuals. When I see that someone is making serious effort to connect with me, to learn from me, then it opens me up to more mentoring. But I would say to anybody who doesn't understand mentoring uh, or even being a mentee, it starts with relationship building. And then you do, as you mentioned, you have to clarify the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this exactly? Are you okay with doing video mentoring? Are you okay with doing phone mentoring? Are you okay with, with being mentored via email? And if I, offer an assignment or, or I call it homework and they don't do it, then that tells me, it shows me that you're not ready for me as a mentor. Mm-hmm. But if, if we had to create a checklist, then I would say it starts with relationship building. So don't automatically commit to it. Try to spend, you know, maybe three phone conversations or three video conversations with the person, just really getting to know the person and figuring out if you as a mentor um, are a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. And then seriously, seriously tap into the personality so that you can understand them and they can understand you. I like to say so that we can speak in the language of the listener and listen in the language of the speaker. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be important in terms of mentoring. And as a mentor, it's important for me to uh, give, I would say, homework assignments because I want the individual to do some inflection, right? Reflection and and, in intro. It's called introspection. Mm -hmm. So really kind of looking on the inside of yourself. Uh, That's important for me. So that's what it looks like for me. I don't know how, how it works for other people. (laughs) No, that's great. (laughs) But you know, it's, it is a process. And so as I think about, you know, who, who we all mentor, maybe we influence, right? We influence people (laughs) in our lives, but mentoring is such a, a different kind of step because it's the accountability, you know, you yes. can influence people and, and they can, you know, look up to you to do things. But the mentorship relationship is who's going to ask me those tough questions? Yep. Who's going to put me in a real uncomfortable state, but safe space, right? Yes. But but then push me to my limits. And so right. as, as we talk about this unleashing, you know, really unleashing and caging and making you really think into, which is your you know, first practical step is thinking in your book. You talk about, think about it, think into it, understand it. And so that is really critical. So who, who is your mentor? Oh gosh, I have um, a spiritual mentor and um, he's actually my pastor and he was a business 
consultant for a while. He is also an executive director at a charter school, and he provides very good insight into um, where I am, where I should be in terms of timing, what next steps could be for me. Uh, He really causes you to answer the hard questions. I also have a business coach. He's a success coach, uh, and he's actually in Indianapolis, Indiana, (laughs) and Adrian Warren. He's phenomenal because he also asks the hard questions, and I have to answer them um, with truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those two at this moment are really assisting me in being the best, right? Rising to my best possible self in terms of unleashing my next level of potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, I'll say those two, but I'll have to tell you that anybody who has encouraged me, they've challenged me, they've sown seeds into me, those people have influenced my life. And the reason why I continue to achieve is one, I don't want to let them down, right? And Mm -hmm. two, I want to leave a legacy. I I have a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old, and they get to experience me um, holistically, of course, but they get to experience me um, being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. launching a book, coaching others. They get to see other people mention me very positively. And so they know that it is their job to do better than their mom, mm-hmm. to do better than their dad. And I'm leading the way, I'm showing the way so that they can they can also do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do what I do, but in their own way, they unleash their potential, they achieve, and then they become remarkable. They become remarkable. And they have such an inspiration for you, you mm-hmm. know, as watching you kind of connect to the world in, in your own way, right? So that's... Mm-hmm. That is so important for kids to learn and, and look up to um, their families and, and be yeah. inspired to say, what can I do next? What's yeah. my journey, right? Absolutely. And, even beyond, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. even beyond adversities, because I've experienced adversities, I, I you know, I didn't talk about what it meant for me to be twice divorced. <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt like a failure. And I felt like I could not get back into that championship space that I was once in. And how do you still unleash potential when things hurt you to the core? Yep. Critical. Critical for people. But they have to walk through it, right? You have to do it yourself. Like you said, you've got to do the work so that you can appreciate all of the glory on the other side of thinking, Hey, we, you know, I reflected, I got through the pain. Mm -hmm. And so now I can stand up on that podium and get that medal, right? Because not everybody gets a medal. You have to work through it to be able to really appreciate that, that new, um, it's the new confidence. It's the new approach to thinking. It's the new opportunities uh, that come to you through all of this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I call it, Melanie, being a champion. Mm -hmm. I I like to say that champions consistently persist. They practice honorable behavior. They press until they reach new levels of excellence and they pull until they obtain the victory. And I've watched that over my life. And that's what I teach. That's what I teach. We create winning effects no matter what. No matter but what. But we got to do the work. We got to do the work. And it starts, you know, the positive mindset, the positive um, environment, right? We talk mm-hmm. about environment is so important. And mm-hmm. so talk to me a little bit. And you mentioned this some here, but when you were going through your divorce and, mm-hmm. and, and you left Indiana, you changed your entire environment, right? You moved to South Carolina. You have, you know, a new start, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so did that alone, did that one thing 
of changing your environment really help you to refocus everything? Or, or was there another component that really helped you kind of kick off, you know, thinking differently, having that new mindset? Yes, the change of environment did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, born and raised in Indiana, left, you know, as soon as I graduated from college, I was working at the same university that I um, graduated from. And so I needed a change. I needed a change badly. And it cost me a lot. I sacrificed quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could be honest, I sacrificed quite a bit of money. It was a big trade-off. I, it was a big it was trade-off. A huge, huge trade-off. Mm-hmm. I left all of my personal networks, my social networks, and my family networks. I left it. And many people questioned, what is causing you to move to South Carolina? And I told them, I said, I need to start over. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you can start over right here with us. And I'm like, no, I gotta start over. No matter how afraid I am to leave home, I I have to start over. And the just okay, Melanie, I'm a woman of faith, right? Mm-hmm. So I trusted God, and God in my process he was building my trust level for him and i attribute me being able to be level-headed and my my emotions being regulated enough to get this work done i attribute that to um surrendering surrendering to god and saying listen lord have your way you know, I know that this this opportunity to move to South Carolina is not going to be easy, but with you and I partnering on this, we can do this. We can unleash potential, right? <laughs> but we can do it. So I trust it. It was the most difficult. It was the most difficult juncture of my entire adult life, leaving everybody mm-hmm. and everything that I knew that I had did what built a relationship with yep. that was the scariest thing ever but I did it and I knew one person here I knew a, a track and field coach here um but it was scary yeah well and, but you know you had worked through that in a sports mind right mm-hmm. and I think people that are involved in athletics you just you you and I was for a long time and and still am. But you think about that really makes you have a strong focus. And so when you say yeah. person of faith, anyone of us that have faith in their background, you just kind of believe that mm-hmm. things are going to be, maybe not in your control, but you're going yeah. to be okay at the other side, right? You just have to believe that it's going to be okay. Um, and so that is so important. So you learned it through your you know, being an athlete, then you had yeah. to experience that in your own life to say, okay, I'm going to test this again. I know that I'm strong enough to be able to get <laughs> yeah. through this, right? You're yes. physically strong enough because you proved that. So now yes. it was that emotional faith and that spiritual yes. path and, and, and doing that because you had something burning inside of you to say, I've got to go find this. I got to do this next. Yeah. Yes, and how I talk about this um, with sometimes when I'm when I'm providing keynote speaking, I talk about this as I had to leave comfort. Right? What is comfort? Knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. So I had to leave comfort and get into a space of learning, my learning zone. But I talk about it in terms of Helen Parr. And Helen Parr is the um, wife of Mr. Incredible. So she's actually Elastigirl in her superhuman state. And the only way that Helen Parr was able to be useful is if she stretched herself because her power is elasticity. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people to be like Helen Parr because I had to be. I had to stretch myself. I had to leave what I knew 
and I and, and know that I didn't know other things, right? I only knew what I knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to leave it and walk into a new land as Elastigirl, stretching myself, <laughs> being inside of my learning zone. Mm-hmm. And and that's important. And the other concept that comes to mind, you know, as athletes, anybody in athletics, and you'll know this, right? If you did, uh, if you lifted weights, if you did any kind of running, any throwing, whatever you did, you lifted weights to build muscle. What we do when we build our muscle is we send our muscles into what's called muscle failure, right? In order to build muscle, we have to tear our muscle. We have to add trauma and pain <laughs> to our muscle. Love it. It's and so then true. What happens, yes, and then what happens in recovery, more tissue forms around the muscle, which causes the muscle to become bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And so my failures, my hurt, my pain, the two divorces, it was me tearing my muscles to build bigger muscles. And what I like to say about my bigger muscles is that those muscles are now my creativity. Mm -hmm. It's my innovation. It's my potential being unleashed mm-hmm. and, and that's how I think about it it's so true and I think about and part of your book I wrote this down as a note because I really like to cover this everybody in sales there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are in sales or, or lead mm-hmm. sales teams and they talk about the 80-20 rule mm-hmm. you know and so maybe there's only a portion of people that feel like they have the ability to do anything different, right? right? But there's this whole other percent of the population that are like, I don't know, sounds like it's a good idea, but you know, I don't think that I have the capacity to do that. And it's such a mix of like, we can change those dynamics by just teaching the strategies that you that you go through and in your book you really focus back on thinking writing prioritizing is your third really key of you know think into what you really want to do and what how you want to accomplish that and then just set out to make sure that you have time to do that so like like working out right you got to build that muscle and how much time are you going to take to be able to really concentrate and be accountable to it uh, right. And that's where sacrifice comes in. That's mm-hmm. why I asked in the book, what are you willing to sacrifice to to get to the it, to reach that goal, to reach that desire? Because a lot of people are not willing to sacrifice yep. it. I had to. And it hurts me sometimes because I have to tell my children, no, that we can't go there and we can't buy this and that. However, I know that when we get to year five and year six and when we get beyond, we'll be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I have to sacrifice time, my talent, my treasure. I do not watch TV, Melanie, Mm -hmm. and I love uh, crime movies and uh, forensics movies, but I don't watch it because my schedule is tightly packed. I want to get to yes. I want to get to yes, Ariel. Yes, Tristan. You may have everything you want. <laughs> I want to get there. Yep. But, but you, have to, you have to sacrifice. And you have to intentionally say, I am going to do this. And you have to be accountable to it. And okay. Um, and that's, that's kind of the message, you know, I love it that there are, I don't know how we've, we've had 25 shows now and you're going to be number 26. Every single person, you know, has been consistent in that we really get behind what we need to do. We get inspired because what we're doing is so important to add value to others and in the world and give them some sense of purpose. And so, so that just encapsulates your mind, you know, when you, when you change from understanding that you have the power within those things about I'm bored, I don't know what to do. I can't find the things that I'm interested in, you know, and John, John Maxwell teaches us about creativity, right? Yes. You got to reflect and find that chair and find that moment 
every day so that yes. you can let your mind relax and let those thoughts come in. Uh, yes. It begins to change you to unleash your potential. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's this journey that it's so cool to have you on the show because you get it. You know, we're, we're just kind yeah. of kindred spirits. Um, yes. And so I love how you're just taking us through this, this whole process that you've been through. Um, right. My most favorite part of the book is really um, step number four, which is to enlist, <laughs> right? Because we can't do we nobody does anything great alone. Mm-mm. And um, I'm so thankful for the people you talked about. You asked me about mentors. And again, I gave you two, but I talked I said that there were other influencers in my life. Anybody who has encouraged me, who has given me anything to help me to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that you go back to for assistance to unleash potential. Mm-hmm. Because if you believe you can do it by yourself, what you're doing is not that great. It might be good, but it's not that great. And and for us, we have to be great. Yeah. Why? Because then that gets us to a place of legacy lifting, right? Right. We're lifting other people. We're helping them to leave legacies. We're then leaving legacies. And that's how our voices remain in the earth. Mm-hmm. And I think what we learn, what you and I have learned through this certification process, and just because mm-hmm. we have this within us and of yeah. faith, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's when you die, if you believe, if you're a person of faith, you know, God may not ask you, were you a good or bad person? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. did you use the gifts that I gave you? Yeah, that's true. Did you use the gifts that I gave you? And so if you don't ever find those gifts. Oh my gosh. It's hard to use what you don't know. That's right. And that's why people in general, we, we've got to be relational in my opinion, uh, in my professional opinion, be relational because it's through the relationships that we begin to discover our potential, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to invite Toyenda to walk onto this track and field team because she has potential. That was the start of a relationship. Yep. And they saw it. They, you know, some people say, and I've had this experience where you hire someone maybe they haven't they aren't the fit right but they you see something in their eyes you Uh see something in their attitude Uh it's the way they carry themselves it's the way they want to be a part of something and you you did describe that earlier you know if you're finding a mentee you gotta you gotta do that work but you've got to want to connect to the purpose and and that process and so by putting yourself out there and saying I may be afraid, this may not be easy, but if mm-hmm. I do these steps, I am going to experience something like I've never experienced. And then that, that can change you. Um, and so part of, you know, you talk about it in your book too, but you know, part of that is understanding that when you change people in your life around you may change too. Mm-hmm. And we have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. We have to be okay with that. See, next comes into some levels of sacrifice mm-hmm. you can't take everybody with you and sometimes that's hard to process because again when I was moving or attempting to move to South Carolina people questioned me why are you moving to South Carolina mm-hmm. you know we can help you here we can we can help you get back on your feet here and I said, no, you know, I'm going to go and do this. I know that I can do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to go and do this. Mm-hmm. And you did. And, and I did. Yeah. And, and, and I did. And think you of, know, just like the little engine that could. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, that gave you the confidence in so many people and, and not knocking anybody out there that's struggling to say, but I'm going through that and I'm having a lot of trouble. You know, yes. I'm not through that. I've done it. Or I didn't have that track and field experience. I've never experienced that, what it feels like to win. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, but you can. You have to make that decision and you have the opportunity to change your outcomes in your life if you just 
understand that it begins with your belief and figuring out a way to change that belief about yourself so that you can do anything. Absolutely. And we've got to cut out the distractions. I've been reading that every three to five minutes we're distracted. And then it takes us around 11 to 17 minutes to become focused again. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So this, there lies the issue. We can do it if we focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and again, if if you read the book and do the work in the book, you'll know that you're not to go it alone. You've got to create the, the circle, the inner, John talks about the inner circle, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to create the personal board of directors. Carla Harris talked about that. You've got to create what I talk about, your vision pusher. Yes, you can't sure. do it by yourself. No, you can't. No, you can't. So how do you, well, and, and we haven't even talked about this, but I really want to understand when you came and really thought into your strengths, right? I'm mm-hmm. a big one on the book Strengths Finder. Mm-hmm. And and I think that helps to open up people's ideas about, mm-hmm. hey, I didn't realize that those were things that were important to me. And, and it's a great assessment. Um, yes. What do you use to determine your strengths or what do you encourage people to do to determine their strengths? Definitely strengths finder. I'm actually uh, trained to implement that in my work. Mm-hmm. So definitely strengths finder. And then I suggest what's called real colors, personality typing mm-hmm. assessment. Mm-hmm. I'm also able to facilitate that. Um, but if I can go back to strengths finder, I learned through taking that assessment that my main strength, if I look at my leadership domain, it's in execution. Mm -hmm. So I do the work, which tells me why I I have my heels in the ground about doing the work in order to unleash potential. Mm -hmm. Because we have to put our hands on it and get it done. Mm -hmm. So my top three of my top five strengths are in execution. So I know that when I'm invited to join a board of directors or invited to join a committee or even invited to uh, work on some type of training concept, if I can't be an executor in that domain, then I do not agree to it because it'll frustrate me. Mm -hmm. And you have to really know that because if you, you know, get excited and say, hey, I want to do this or join this or help with this. If you don't have the right role mm-hmm. right, and it changes your mindset and it de- it just really depletes all of your energy and you're, and you're not good or balanced in anything else that you're doing in life. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it, it's important to know because if I can switch gears to real colors, it's basically four um, personality domains. One domain is very relational, kind of emotional person. The The next domain is a very logistical person. Uh, the next domain is a very strategic and analytical person. And then the last domain is the visionary, very spontaneous type person. Now, because I know what two personalities I lead with at different times. Mm -hmm. I also understand when a different personality is presenting itself to me, which could potentially cause frustration. But I know that it's not frustration because that's how they get results. So I'm able to, what I said earlier, speak in the language of the listener mm-hmm. and listen in the language of the speaker. So those strengths and personality assessments, those have been integral parts of my life and I use them. A lot of times individuals will just take the take the assessment, but then you don't have your processing time with it and you don't get the full understanding of it. But I use that to make life decisions. Mm-hmm. It's so critical. And I, I love that we've been able to talk so candidly, you know, mm-hmm. people that uh, haven't experienced this. I really want to just you know, encourage them to find a 
find a coach, find right. a class, find right. a, find your strength some way. Uh, there's a lot of assessment tools out there, but connect to people in your community or get online. You know, yes. there's so many people doing Facebook Live now and just trying to encourage to you know, help you get to the first step, right? Absolutely. It's just the thinking, right? It's, it's the thinking. It's exactly how you kind of walk us through those steps in this book. And um, so I just, I really want to thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and your life and your process. And I, I really, you know, I, in closing, I guess, just everything that you've done, Toyenda, what you are, what you represent um, for Indiana, proud that you're a Hoosier. <laughs> I really <laughs> yes. have to say that. It's so great that you're a Hoosier. Um, yes. But walking through your steps, you, people need to enlist in this book, the handbook to unleash your potential using these six practical steps um, by our athlete, by our champion for champion influence. It's it's so important that they understand you go anywhere to do these conferences. And so they can contact you through your um, through a lot of things. Tell us how we can contact you. Absolutely. And first, let me just tell you, thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. I don't take any of these opportunities for granted. I am very thankful, very thankful. <laughs> well, I love having you here. It's a it's my sisterhood that we're building, yeah. and and I really hope that you can attend the March 2nd conference um, at, at the Museum of Art here in Indiana. It would be great to have you back home, back home again in Absolutely. Indiana. That's uh, right. Absolutely. And, and you know, to, for people to connect to you, and they can, you know, purchase your book there. You you can connect Absolutely. to um, to our guest uh, and be able to take part in the conference. So um, it's really important, you know, what what we do is critical to help encourage people through their lives. And so uh, I love having people on here that can, you know, that you can connect to all over the, all over the world. Um, Absolutely. And give them And speaking, purpose. yes. And speaking of connections, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Toy Consults. Uh, you can join my website at www.toyconsults.com. And I am also on LinkedIn under Toyenda Smith. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I will post all of this in the show notes. This will go to iTunes. It will be on Google Play Store. It will be on Everyday Leaders podcast um, uh, Facebook page. But um, thank you, Toyenda, for being here and being my friend and being a guest and being a JMT DNA-er. Um, yeah. I, I just want to thank you so much. And to all the guests that are listening, Go out and be a champion of your life. Unleash your potential and do it today. Yes, yes, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Have a great summer. And we will see you hopefully in March of uh, 2019. And anybody get connected, go to Toyota's conferences. You'll learn a lot and become a champion. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melanie. And I wish you much success. Thank you. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 2018. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make 
at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. 